0: I'm not in my closet today. I'm in my other office out in the world, which is my van in a parking lot. So I trust you'll be kind enough to overlook any background noises of traffic or birds, some random people practicing in a band in the distance I can hear. Today's episode is going to begin with a sound file sent to me by a listener whom I did not know before beginning this podcast, so that poetry connection with a heretofore stranger is a special thing. It makes me feel more friendly toward this technology these days that was able to bring us into communication. I've since learned a little more about Caitlin Walker, who is a fu- full-time university student. She was introduced to Eugene Field, Frost, Stevenson, Shel Silverstein, and Poe as a young child. So lots of good stuff when she was a little one but she discovered writing poems in middle school. So while she's been writing poetry ever since she was 12, she only started sharing her work a full 15 years later, more recently. She's been published in an anthology and she's challenging herself to try writing and reading in new forms. She invites you to reach her via email if you like. So I'll include her email address in the episode description today. So the first poem you'll hear today is Caitlin's original work, And after that, I'll read a poem that her poem made me think of. I personally love when poems talk together, when they get together and have a chat. It's really a thrill to me to pair up poems and see what they say. So I hope you enjoy it too, and that hearing these two poems today makes you see the world around you with interest and compassion. So first, Caitlin Wachter reading
1: her poem, Broken Seashell. The shell I hold is blackened by nature, chipped by the sea and dulled by time spent rolling among the waves. It washed ashore while I was walking the beach with my grandfather some dozen years ago. We had been ambling along in silence through the afternoon, my teenage hands seeking the treasures offered by the tepid Atlantic. My grandfather looked at the black shell missing a corner and all of its shine and said, you don't want that one, it's broken. I looked at him, startled. Why? That's exactly why I like it. When my grandfather didn't respond, I continued. The broken parts tell its story. Has it come from the deep ocean? Was it lost by a child from the other side of Europe? Imagine. He had no answer for me. Did he not understand? Was he moved? Did he even hear? I will never know. Regardless, I keep that shell. Because in the scars time leaves, we find the stories in seashells, in pottery, in people. The scars we bear when we wash ashore are the very elements which make us interesting, evidence of our story, what we have endured. Perhaps someday I will meet a child with a love of broken things, And she will see in me something beautiful, something to be treasured. There
0: were several things I enjoyed about Caitlin's poem. One was her grandpa showing up in it. A lot of the poem is a meditation on brokenness and beauty, so it could have been just an internal monologue if she'd decided to make it that way. But having two people on the beach together talking and working these ideas out together in a little scene was a great choice. I also do find myself drawn to what this poem is about, which is the truth that as time passes, it wears on people and things. It brings to my mind the Japanese aesthetic concept of (laughs) wabi-sabi, which is super fun to say, and which not only acknowledges but values what's worn and mended Um, and the imperfections that are found in material things. So, for example, a mended dress or a chipped vase, according to Wabi Sabi, would be extra beautiful because of these signs that they're transient and impermanent. And I hear that in Caitlin's poem, too, this honor given to something not in spite of its flaws, but even because of them. So when I read Broken Seashell, I was reminded of a poem by Grace Schumann called Because... This poem appeared a couple months ago on The Daily Poem, a podcast hosted by David Kern, and it was admiration and envy of his work on that podcast that was part of the impetus for me starting this one, so you should check it out sometime. And thank you to David for bringing this poem to my attention back in April. Schumann's poem will give a similar honor to a world around us that is both beautiful and broken simultaneously. I think we almost want it to be one or the other. It's hard to reconcile this state of both at the same time. So things are dirty and deteriorating, but then there are hawks, music, and the renewal of spring that comes no matter what humans do. How can graffiti and cathedrals be in the same scene? It's hard to take those both in. We long for restoration and perfection and we mourn what's disordered. But if we were to renounce altogether what was broken, that would mean renouncing the world that we have right now, the earth itself that we have. So I'll end with Grace Schumann's poem, Because, and I'll let your own good mind do the rest of the musing on these two poems and what thoughts they might lead you to. So I'll end with Grace Schumann's poem, and it goes like this. Because... Because, in a wounded universe, the tufts of grass still glisten. The first daffodil shoots up through ice melt, and a red-tailed hawk perches on a cathedral spire. And because children toss a fire-red ball in the yard where a schoolhouse facade was scarred by vandals, and joggers still circle a dry reservoir... Because a rainbow flaunts its painted ribbons and slips them somewhere underneath the earth. Because in a smoky bar, the trombone blares louder than street sirens. Because those who can no longer speak of pain are singing. And when on this wide meadow in the park, a full moon still outshines the city lights, and on returning home below the North Star, I see new bricks and glass where the towers fell. And I remember my lover's calloused hand soften in my hand while crabapple blossoms showered our laps and a yellow rose opened with its satellites of orange buds. Because I cannot lose the injured world without losing the world, I'll have to praise it. Part of my vision for Take This Poem was to have it be interactive I imagined it as a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. So what would that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. You could send me a voice recording of you reading a poem to be included in a mailbag poetry reading. Commenting on the poem is welcome, but optional. Don't be shy. It's the only voice you got. What better use for it do you have than reading beautiful words out loud? Also, you could request a poem that you'd like to hear me read and ponder on the show. Or tell me what you've been thinking about these days, and I could play literary matchmaker and choose a poem for you. And by the way, I am aware that I have a small but loyal following of youngsters out there, and these invitations are all open to them as well. Send any of these or other ideas you have to take this poem podcast at gmail.com and join me in sharing good poems with this little community. I hope to hear from you soon.